Welcome to Books on Air, the podcast that tells the story behind the book. It includes insights from authors about how they compose their work, what inspires them, and what they hope you'll take away from their book. Here's your host for this episode of Books on Air, Suzanne Harris. Welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm Sloan Fremont filling in for Suzanne Harris. This is a podcast where listeners get the secret story behind every book. Joining me today is M.E. Taylor, author of the book Brothers. Brothers is, a li- is about life in Roman Britain, about betrayal, treachery, about stolen gold and hidden treasure, and about forbidden love. Margaret, welcome to the Books on Air podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Yes, thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here, and I appreciate the opportunity. So lovely to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So let's start out by telling the audience just a little bit about yourself and what led you to write your book, Brothers. Well, obviously, I live in Britain. I was born in a county in Gloucestershire, which has got a lot of Roman remains. And all my life, I've been very aware of the Roman remains. And the the thing is, the Romans built in stone, so there's quite a lot of it left lying around. People have been stealing it ever since, but um, now they've got controls over what can be done to it. And so it is, you know, as it is. And, And I started thinking about who the people were who occupied these buildings. Uh, so many people, of course, remained native Romans. But when the invasion happened in AD 43, the Romans set about convincing the natives to live the Roman lifestyle and encourage them to live in stone-built or brick-built houses and in towns, which they hadn't done so before. And that's really how I started thinking about them. And so can you tell us a little bit about some of the characters in your book and maybe set the scene for us about where it takes place? Yeah, I set the story to start towards the end of the first century when a family of Romans, the father, Lucius Marcius, had offended his emperor and he was lucky not to get killed, but he got told to go to Britain and start helping the people move into the Roman way of life and build towns and build housing for the veteran soldiers. And so he came to Britain and he chose to reside in Gloucestershire. It wasn't Gloucestershire then, of course, because the natives there were considered friendly. Um, He had with him two daughters and a son, little children. And the, the boy took a fancy to a native boy. The Roman child was called Gaius, Gaius Marcius, and the native boy was called Vilecus. Unfortunately, Veracus didn't want to become a friend of Gaius, and so he was kidnapped by force and branded and taken into the household. He didn't stay there very long. He managed to run away and hide, and he was never heard of again for nine years. And Gaius got over his loss, and that was the end of Veracus, as far as the family was concerned. Mm-hmm. And so it is the book chronicle their their journey yeah. together then? Yeah, well, um, Gaius, Gaius grows up and starts going to school, but Verlecus lives for most of the time he's away with a native family who take an old woman he goes to um, labor for and she takes him in and raises him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he the, the community he lives in is attacked by Roman soldiers and mm-hmm. white while he is off looking after sheep and he comes back to find the carnage 
and he meets up with some natives, rebels, and discovers amongst them his own long-lost brothers who had left the home, the family home when he was just a much younger child. And they take him in and he vows revenge on what the Romans had done to these people. Mm-hmm. He becomes quite a wild, ferocious warrior named by the, Ro- the natives as blood spiller. So that's the name he takes. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I would say he is ferocious in that way with that name. <laughs> um, yes, well, uh, in the story, it tells you how he came by that name, but I won't go into that now. Yeah, <laughs> right. So what are some of your favorite parts that you got to write about in your book? Well, in the course of time, when Relocus gets captured, he gets taken back and returned to the Lucius Marcus family. And it is there that he meets the daughter of the household, who is a young lady. Now she's about 14 years old, and she had been betrothed to a man who was amongst the Roman army. And it is realised that the man met his death at the hands of Relocus. So initially she wants him murdered too. She wants him dead. So it's not a very good start. Mm-hmm. Um, he he. He resists for a long time, but gradually Gaius induces him to become tame and accept his lot as slavery. And during the course of his life in the household, he falls in love with Gaia. Mm. At first, of course, she's not very bothered about him at all. But um, she begins to look at him in a different way. In the meantime... Having brought him to um, Lucius' household, the the general of the army, who is also Lucius's brother, Marcus, has left his um, army up where they had worked this tribe out, only to learn that the gold which they had started recovering again had been stolen. Mm. And so he's in trouble, so he has to go back and try to capture the renegade who had stolen the gold from the Romans, which the Romans were taking from the natives, of course, by the way. Right. <laughs> right. And, and so as you're, you're telling these different scenes in the, in the book, it seems yes. like each character has a, a problem to solve or a hard maybe journey that they're on. Yes. What would you say some of the themes in the book are that you wanted to, um, that you wanted to bring in for the readers? Well, in order to recover the gold from the natives, um, Marcus discovers um, a lot about Villacus's identity and he forces him by coercion to betray the, the leader of the gang by threatening to crucify the brother who remains at home. Mm-hmm. And rather than, rather than that happen, Volacus agrees to go and he betrays his brother, basically. And his brother has to, is forced to um, re- surrender himself to the Romans. But he gets a promise that if he does that, there won't be any more fighting. He'll be told to go back and live where he came from, at home, where Volacus comes from. And um, he'll be pardoned. <laughs> so... So he get, gets a good deal out of it. But Philokas has to remain a slave. Mm-hmm. And he continues um, 
in that line with Gaius. However, Gaia by this time has become married and she has expressed feelings towards Bilicus. He has had gold, the gold which was taken from him when he was first captured had been handed to Marcus, who then wanted to return it. So he's got something, some kind of reward for what he's done for the Romans. Yeah, so it sounds like a lot of internal yes. struggling and internal themes, internal, um, you know. There are many things. I divided the book into internal books. Uh-huh. So there are six of those. And different events happen during the course of book one, book two, book three. Mm-hmm. And book tells you what was going on with Bilicus when he was absent from the household when he was living with this woman up in the Welsh, what I'll know, the Welsh hills. Uh-huh. So that's book three. Book four is when he he surrenders to Gaius and says, okay, I accept. That's my lot. I've got to work for you. And then uh, gradually, Gaia changes her feelings towards him, seeks him out, and they become lovers. Yeah, so it's got all of the elements there of of... Forbidden love, it sounds like. Um, oh, it's very you know, forbidden. Very, yeah. very forbidden, yes. <laughs> and um, internal family struggles. And then even like, you know, the own, the, the, the journey each person goes on with the determining right or wrong for themselves. Yes, well, well, Gaia knows that, you know, she's, she's doing wrong. She's got a husband and she's making love to what is the lowest of the low, basically. Yeah. The slave. Mm-hmm. And- um, the time comes when he's got to go back and surrender himself to his master. That's her brother. Um, but um, he's created such a good impression with Marcus that he wants to help him. And they find themselves, after he's been forced to fight a gladiator to entertain the Romans, they find themselves alone while the, the Romans, having celebrated this victory he's made with the fighting the gladiator they go off and have a feast and Gaia and Philatus have one secret night together believe mm-hmm. might be captured or betrayed but they take the chance and they have that but the next day he has to leave go to Rome because that's where the family's gone and that's where Gaius is going to join his parents and Gaia has to stay remain in London in, well in Britain she's going to move to London with her husband Londinium, as it then was. Right. And um, that's how it ends. So as you were writing your book and, and creating all these characters and these storylines with these, these different themes and, um, you know, internal struggles, problems, all the things that they went through, what surprised you the most about your book? Surprised me? <laughs> could manage to finish it, I think. <laughs> <laughs> No, I don't think I was surprised particularly. I, I felt that I knew the characters. I felt that they were real yeah. people and they had they had real substance to them. They weren't um, unlikely, should we say. Mm-hmm. I think they were, you know, all right, they're fictitious, most of them. There are one or two real characters mentioned because of the dates and whatnot. But but I just felt that they, they sound, sounded realistic. People. Yeah, yeah, and realistic problems that the readers can relate to. In some way, you know, even modern, in modern times. Yeah, well, I mean, sorry. No, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, yes, although it's a long time ago, they were modern people. They were very modern for their time. 
and they're just like people today. They have they have their different values. Obviously, mm-hmm. the Roman values were you know if you want work, you get a slave to do it. You don't do it yourself. Right. We employ and pay people wages, but there were a lot of people freed by the Romans who remained as freedmen in the household or freed women. Mm-hmm. So they, you know, they 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 have values culture which is so different to ours it's sometimes difficult to relate to it but in many ways you can relate to them because they were very sort of people that you could understand right right and was there any particular scene or maybe even a character that you found difficult to write about um dear that's a bit tricky difficult to write about no think difficult and I enjoyed doing the writing of what I found sometimes difficult I would set up a situation like I'd set up Verlucas in such opposition to Gaius I thought I am never going to get this sorted out (laughs) so that's when I introduced the idea of him going to see a wise native man Mm -hmm. who spoke Verlucas's language and he goes to see him. He's sort of counselled, really. That's what it boils down to. Uh, and that's at the end of that, that, you know, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll be his slave. That's what he wants. So so he does, and he makes a success of it because they become very close, really, although it upsets his father. He's a bit concerned about this closeness. He's wondering what's going on. And I'm afraid quite a lot of other people are wondering what's going on between them. Right. <laughs> um, who would you say your book would appeal to and why? Well, I I think it's certainly suitable for young adults. Mm-hmm. But um, any sort of age above that, it's not a children's book. Mm-hmm. But it, it should appeal, I think, to people who like romance, historical novels. And um, I don't know, uh, Roman Roman Britain, I think, is probably one of the reasons. I think that people might find it enough inter- interesting enough to want to go and learn a bit more about Roman Britain. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. and that, to me, that's always so interesting to read about um, living in the U.S. Of course, I, you know, that, that's that's a different world that I'm not, in, you know, into every day. And so being no, able I'm to sure. read about I'm that, sure. yeah. Like just yeah. to understand that and to picture that, um, that to me is very interesting that, to be able to be transported to another place, not only geographically, but also time in, in, in a different time period too. Yeah. And I, I do know there are quite a lot of people in, in America who are interested in, in Roman, but <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I was recently at the end of June on Hadrian's Wall um, and the hotel we stayed in, there were quite a few American people staying there also. Mm-hmm. Come to do the walk because it's a very popular walking place. And others have come to look at the sites like we were doing. Right. So yeah. I, I don't know. There is a great interest in it. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And and being able to, um, like I said, being able to be transported both in time and location is always, to me, always makes a great book to be able to fall into because then it, you're, you're totally into the book because you're, you're so caught up in everything that, that, you know, imagining all of those different places and the different scenes. I hope so. Yes. Yes. 
Well, it's been great to talk to you this week, Margaret. Is there any closing thoughts you have for the listeners to make sure that they know about your book? Well, I'd like to say that um, the book ends with the parting of Gaia and Veronikos. Um, But in fact, the, the book finishes with a sequel, which is at the moment being prepared for publication, be out shortly, um, which is called Brothers in Law. And that's as far as I'm telling you anything about it. <laughs> so they it heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Well, amazing. Okay. That's amazing. So there will be a sequel to Brothers. That, that's great. Yes, there is. It's, great. It's, it's being prepared right now. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Margaret, thank you again for joining us today and being our guest on Books on Air. Yeah. Can I, can I also say, I think you can find my book at Amazon. Yes, and I'll link to that in the show notes. Yeah, okay, and Barnes & Noble, Author House, and on my website. You've got that, those details, I believe, have you? Yes, I do, and I'll put all that in the show notes so that the listeners can um, easily That's find simple. it. Great, thank you ever so much. Thank yes, you. thank you. You've been listening to the Books on Air podcast brought to you on webtalkradio.net. You can also hear this podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and Apple Podcasts. I'm Sloan Fremont, and I hope you'll join us for the next Books on Air podcast. Remember, you never know who's going to be here, and you never know what we're going to talk about. Thank you so much for listening. <laughs>